Welcome to our worship today. Our thanks today go to Kevin Bright for the sermon, to Christine Whiteman for the reading, and to Emily Derling for the psalm and the snippet of music after the sermon. Our hymns today, recorded by St Martin in the Fields, are Holy, 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 which we'll sing in a moment, and Thou Whose Almighty Word, which we'll end our podcast with. The words for the hymns can be found on our church website, so do join in at home if you'd like to. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. 
Amen. As we begin our worship, let's think of the week that has passed and all that's happened in it. There will have been times when we've done wrong or fallen short because we're human. So we ask for God's forgiveness in the joyful knowledge that nothing can destroy his love for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven and to bring us to eternal life. We say together, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy God, faithful and unchanging, enlarge our minds with the knowledge of your truth, and draw us more deeply into the mystery of your love, that we may truly worship you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The following reading is Psalm 8, read from the New International Version of the Bible. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honour. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. All flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The lesson is taken from Matthew 28. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. 
Amen. You may have watched the recent SpaceX rocket launch and see how quickly the astronauts look back onto Earth after their successful launch. I don't know about you, but seen from this perspective, it makes me feel pretty insignificant as all our planet is viewed from afar. Does my, dare I say, our existence matter? After all, none of us are known for building spacecraft or even electric cars. Yet in today's psalm, we heard that the very God who established the moon and stars is mindful of each and every one of us. Jesus gave us an insight into God's mindfulness of those who feel low, unworthy of attention, lost to God, or unable to value themselves. In fact, he sought them out and noticed them on numerous occasions, positively mixing with the hated tax collectors, siding with the poor, those shunned because they were considered unclean, and numerous other outcasts. This mindfulness came to light as he noticed a despairing woman graze the hem of his garment. Even as he was dying and in agony on the cross, he was mindful of the penitent thief beside him. Of course, there are plenty of times when we find it hard to acknowledge, accept, or even believe that we're constantly held in God's love. But as Paul wrote to the church in Rome, nothing can separate us from the love of God, as is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Undoubtedly a challenging aspect of our relationship with God is whether we're mindful of him and his love for us. If we're able to keep this in mind, then it's easier to recognise ourselves as people with purpose and value. Ultimately, people with a future, regardless of wherever we find ourselves in the challenging aspects of our lives. It then becomes possible to pray, not only with thoughts and words, but through listening, observing and patient contemplation. Words from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi say, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It's clear that the mind spoken of by Paul is that which isn't self-centred which cares for others, keeps the well-being of others in mind, even when we cannot be with them in times such as these. And it's encouraging to see this manifest itself in so many forms as people try to support each other. It's a consoling thought that there must be much in people's behaviour to each other in this crisis, which is pleasing to God. Matthew's Jesus tells the eleven to make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Even though this is the end of Matthew's Gospel, it is also a new beginning where those taught by Jesus are to become teachers themselves, 
however inadequate they may feel for their task. Is this calling about being a franchise, dominating an area, or pushing our faith upon others? I don't think so. In my view, it's got much more to do with what we are really rooted in deep down, how we live our lives every day, and how we relate to each other. We need to keep in mind the words of the psalmist as he speaks of human beings. Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honour. It follows that we go directly against God every time we fail to recognise how much he loves and values the entirety of humanity, regardless of race or any other factor that we allow to divide us. Discipleship will involve working alongside each other and serving each other in ways that make it possible for God's love to be seen and recognised. We need to keep coming back to Jesus to learn from his teachings, to ponder his parables. I was watching a TV programme this week in which the comedian Jack Dee discussed his attraction to Christianity and the fact that he had a selection interview to become a priest as a young man. The panel soon worked out that he would have a better future in comedy, and now, much later in life, he agreed that he wouldn't have been suitable for this role. As much as he retains a positive curiosity about Christianity, for him, he said, it's always been the Christians that have put him off taking this any further. I guess he's not convinced by those he's met. They don't show him anything real about God, and as such, he's left hanging in a strange space, labelling himself an agnostic Christian. While he was fairly light-hearted about it all, it does make you realise that even when we accept the calling to become disciples, we won't always get it right. If we recall the eleven as they heard what has become labelled as the Great Commission, we realise that we're in good company among ordinary people with weaknesses and failings just like us. Even as they saw Jesus in today's Gospel reading, we hear that some doubted. Today is labelled Trinity Sunday in the church calendar, and I'll excuse myself any attempt at an explanation of the Trinity, a word that you won't find anywhere in the Bible, by quoting John Wesley. Bring me a worm that can comprehend a man, and then I will show you a man that can comprehend the triune God. However, like many things, the Trinity is no less real because of our inability to completely understand it. Countless attempts to explain it will highlight certain aspects which interrelate, overlap, connect and fuse. Yet, as much as we cannot know God wholly in our earthly lives, this too remains part of the mystery. Our faith and trust in God is such that we know there is nothing untoward in that which we don't know or comprehend. So, in baptism, we're enfolded in God's love, both in what we know of it and what we do not yet know. How could it be otherwise? 
would Jesus have told his disciples to baptize others if it wouldn't bring them closer to him? The symbolism of cleansing water reminds us that forgiveness and a new start are available to all, that a new life is possible, and that once we begin our journey, that Jesus will be with us always to the end of the age. As we journey on through the weeks ahead, let's continue to keep each other and those needing support in mind, turning to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for guidance. Amen. Let us pray. Trinity of love, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, you call us into your presence. Help us to trust your love for us and for all people so that we can come boldly to you and know ourselves to have come home. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Trinity of love, we pray for all who feel alone and unloved today, to all who feel overlooked or left behind, treated as if they did not matter or discounted by those who hold power. We pray especially for those who suffer discrimination and oppression. Open our eyes to our own prejudice, our ears to the voices of those we don't listen to, our hearts to the knowledge that all people are equal in your sight. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Trinity of love, we thank you for those who show us love, echoing your love for us, for family and friends, for those who have gone beyond the call of duty to care for neighbours. Help us to embody your love in the places you have called us to, so that all will know it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Trinity of love, we pray for all who are sick or sorrowing today. We ask you to comfort and strengthen them. We bring before you any who are known to us and those who are known to you alone in a moment of silence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Trinity of love, we thank you for your promise that in life and in death we are enfolded in your love. And we pray for all who have died, entrusting them into your keeping. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And now, in the words of the 17th century Bishop Thomas Ken. To God the Father, who first loved us and made us accepted in the Beloved, 
to God the Son, who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, to God the Holy Ghost, who sheddeth the love of God abroad in our hearts, to the one true God, be all love and all glory for time and for eternity. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. As we share in the peace, I'd like to invite you to think of someone who you know, maybe a member of our congregation, maybe a member of your family from whom you're separated, or a friend. Someone who you would like to feel that you're united with at this point. Because we're all held together in God's love, even when we're separated physically. We are the body of Christ. In the one spirit we were all baptised into one body. Let us then pursue all that makes for peace and builds up our common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Keep us, good Lord, under the shadow of your mercy in this time of uncertainty and distress. Sustain and support the anxious and fearful and lift up all who are brought low, that we may rejoice in your comfort, knowing that nothing can separate us from your love. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>